let all these preachers up here. Excuse me, Bob. Give a preacher a microphone. You're going to be there a while. I'm going to do something this morning I don't do frequently. Um, I am using a passage that I had planned to use today uh, as an introduction, but I'm just going to preach that whole passage, and we're going to come back to Joseph at a moment in the future. And some of you would be going, I've been waiting on that, and some of you are going to get mad at me because I left it at a cliffhanger last week. I heard about that this morning, but, you know, that's okay. You're going to survive. You have a Bible. You can keep reading on your own. It's going to be all right. Just wait until after church to do it. Um, I'm going to ask you this morning to turn to Psalm 103. Um, I was going to use the end of the psalm as an introduction to the message, but just the spirit of the service today, the spirit of the Lord, I think I'm going to just dwell in this psalm for the entirety of the passage. Uh, For many of you, it will probably be familiar, and I hope that it will be encouraging. I will also say that I have not studied this passage this week. (laughs) I was using it as an illustration, and now I'm going to preach it. I don't do that very often for a reason, so please be gracious, all right? Um, I invite you to turn to Psalm 103, and we've stood up a few times this morning, but we always stand up to, uh, to read God's Word together, and uh, I want to start at the beginning. I hope the verses got up there. I did try to give Jamie about 10 seconds notice about doing this, but uh, start at verse 1 of Psalm 103. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your iniquity, who heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit, who crowns you with steadfast love and mercy, who satisfies you with good, so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. The Lord works righteousness and justice for all who are oppressed. He, makes, he made known his ways to Moses. He acts to the people, his acts to the people of Israel. The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. He will not always chide, nor will he keep his anger forever. He does not deal with us according to our sins, nor repay us according to our iniquities. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his steadfast love toward those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far does he remove our transgressions from us. As a father shows compassion to his children, so the Lord shows compassion to those who fear him. For he knows our frame. He remembers that we are dust. As for man, his days are like grass. He flourishes like a flower in the field, for the wind passes over it and it is gone. And its place knows no more. But the steadfast love of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting on those who fear him and his righteousness to children's children, to those who keep his covenant and remember to do his commandments. The Lord has established his throne in the heavens and his kingdom rules over all. Bless the Lord, O you angels, you mighty ones who do his word, obeying the voice of his word. Bless the Lord, all his hosts, his ministers who do his will. Bless the Lord, all his works in all places of his dominion. Bless the Lord, O my soul. Lord, you are blessed. And, and, and we mentioned it earlier how that word is used in different ways. Lord, help us to remember your blessings in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, you may be seated, and I don't know where we're going with this. So um, sit tight. We got, by that clock, 20 minutes. I'll just take a sip of water. 
Bless the Lord, O oh my soul. I, I remember a conversation that we had on Wednesday night a few years ago, and uh, we were talking about the purpose of our lives here on earth. And the reason that we exist is to bless the Lord. That is the reason that humans are different. That is the reason that we walk into this world on two feet and can have conversations and can build things and and whatever else. But it also means that we get a choice to bless Him. And so that, friends, lies where the problem starts. Is that we, in that choice, blow it. We mess it up. We get the opportunity to do great things for God, and we get the in, in, in that to give Him the glory. Oftentimes, doesn't seem like something we really want to do. You know, why should I give God the glory when I did that? That's very selfish, and God does not appreciate that. He is jealous of His own glory. You know why? Because He's the only one that's worthy of it. And when we have our own talents and abilities, we have to realize that they have a source. They started from somewhere. And we as humans have the ability ability to create because he has been given us the ability to create, but we can only create what we've been given to create. Like this this pulpit in front of me right here started out as, as probably several trees. Now, I could go try to do that, but there are men in this room who are highly skilled and probably could make this again, and mine would look like the doghouse in my backyard, which isn't good. You know, there are ways that God has given different talents and different abilities and given us all the, uh, the wherewithal to go into the world and give Him glory in different ways. And every one of us is unique. We all have different talents. Some of you say, how do you get up there and talk every week? And I'm like, I talk all the time. It's no big deal to get up and talk every Sunday. My family goes, yes, he does. Talk all the time. And if you had ever gotten the opportunity to meet my dad, you would realize where I got that wonderful gift. Because my dad would talk back to the television and have conversations with it. I, I, I never, I, I try not to, at least. I don't know, maybe the older I get, I'll fall into that habit as well. But when we get the, the opportunity to create, we must realize that we have been given the opportunity to rejoice in what He has offered us. And so we talked about our tithes and our offerings, and I've been, God must want me to say something about this this week, because it seems like everything I've, I've listened to has been talking about giving. And... I didn't try to, by the way. It was just one of those things God just kind of, hey, listen to that again, listen to that again, listen to that again. Here's, here's the deal, is that we get caught up in a whole lot of legalism as humans. And even in the church, we start talking about something called tithing, which it, in, in its definition is a tenth. And that's what we, we make a time for it during our worship service, is to give back to God what He has blessed us with. And in the, in throughout the Old Testament, you could see them bringing various kinds of offerings, whether it's fin- sorry, financial or their talents or their abilities or animals or, or whatever. But it was the very best. The very best was expected because God had given them the very best. And the fact of it is that everything we have is something that we are a steward of. Well, what does that mean? 
That means it's not mine. It means it goes forward somehow. And everything we have on this earth that we have recreated, that we have tried to do something, we find out that it wears out very quickly. And I look at my phone right here, right? It looks pretty and brand new. I've had it for about a year and a half, and I'm starting to wonder when I'm going to have to replace it, right? And that's, you know, that's modern technology. And how much does that cost to replace? Yeah, about two years worth of contract payments is what that costs to replace, right? We, we think about all these things, and we realize when we come back to give God what we, what we have, we have to realize that it's all His to start with. He has blessed us with material things so that we might reflect His glory in those things. And so coming here, it says, bless the Lord, O my soul. That means worship the Lord. We, it made me think of that, that conversation we had on Wednesday night because some precious people were trying to figure out how they could be a blessing to God. My, my friends, if you are here right now, you are a blessing to God. He has created you for a reason, for purpose, for joy. And sometimes as a father... I really get driven crazy by the things that my children do. Has anybody ever been there as a parent? Do you love your child any less? Are they still a blessing to you? Absolutely. And even as sinners who need a Savior, God rejoices in us as His children. And that's what this passage teaches Bless His holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, verse 2, who forgives all our iniquity. Iniquity has even more to do with, it goes beyond being forgiven of our sins. It's it's a redemption of our entire existence. We are sinners. That's what iniquity is. That, That means that we live in a mud pit. He heals all our diseases. He redeems us from the pit. I just said that. I must have gotten it from somewhere. You, who crowns you with steadfast love and mercy. What does steadfast mean? It means it's consistent. It doesn't change. God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. It's Hebrews 13.8. Who satisfies you with good so that your youth is renewed like the eagles? You know, one of the glorious things about sleep is how you feel when you really do wake up. Sometimes waking up is hard. I realize this. I'm, I'm a night owl, so I, you know, waking up in the morning can be difficult. But when your body's rested, usually you feel better than you did when, it's, when you went down to lay down, right? When you come into the presence of the Lord, He renews you. The Lord is our rest. Jesus is our Sabbath. The Lord works His righteousness and justice for all who are oppressed. He does not ignore those who are in need. In fact, that's who His mind is on as those who are in the greatest need. He calls us as His followers to recognize the needs in the world around us and to address those needs, not to ignore them. And that brings me great conviction to have that come out of my mouth because sometimes I'm just like, I I got my own problems. I don't want to deal with that guy's too. Anybody ever there? At a stoplight? He made known his way to Moses, that is the law, and his acts to the people of Israel. His goodness is there. The Lord is merciful and gracious. He's slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. Oh, thank you that God is slow to anger. 
<laughs> because I can put them there real quick. Uh, we're all sinners. God's wrath is justified, by the way, upon sin. Sin has to be punished. But He is patient with us. He takes our sin on Himself on the cross in Christ. And that here, the psalmist of David, it says, pointing forward to the Messiah, we realize that God brings that gift to us of His salvation. He's merciful and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in steadfast love. He does not always chide us. What does that mean? You ever have that voice in the back of your head that may be your dad? I'm talking to my son right now who says, you need to do this, you need to do this, you need to do this. God stops doing that eventually. He lets us figure it out on our own. He will not keep His anger forever. He forgives us in that. He does not deal with us according to our sins. Praise the Lord. Because I am a sinner in need of a Savior. Nor repay us according to our iniquities. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is His steadfast love to those who fear Him. Now, it doesn't mean you're afraid of Him, although you should be afraid of God. But this has this picture of reverence. Those who worship Him. Those who, who come before Him and recognize His greatness. Is God worthy to be feared physically? Uh, well, there's a story in the New Testament. Uh, you know, Ananias and Sapphira, did I get that one right? And there's a place called Sodom and Gomorrah in the Old Testament. Yeah, we should be afraid of God and His wrath against sin. But we must realize that He is so patient with us. He gives us the opportunity to respond to Him. And this is actually where I was going to start today dealing with Joseph. So you may hear this again, because I think it's a good intro to what we're talking about. As far as the east is from the west, so far does he remove our transgressions from us. The father shows compassion to his children, so the Lord shows compassion to those who fear him. He knows our frame. He remembers that we are dust. He's got that internal perspective, the eternal perspective that we, we can't do it on our own. We try to prove we can all the time. You ever been that way with somebody that you're in charge of? Maybe you've been a supervisor at work. Maybe you've got a, been a teacher in school. And maybe you've got a kid that's trying to do something. And, and they're determined to make it happen this certain way. And you're just going, oh, okay. I think God does that a lot with us. All right. You can try to figure this out on your own. I'll be here when you biff it. And that's how God approaches us. He remembers that we're dust. That this flesh is temporary. I remember the story about some of the, the characters in the Wild West. I grew up in southern New Mexico, so I, I remember driving past all these places where Billy the Kid was and all these other you know, Wild West figures. and They went to dig somebody up. I don't know why, except to figure out if that was actually that guy. You know, there's all this controversy. Did this person die and that person? Anyway, you know, they're figuring it out. They go to this grave and they pull up the coffin. And you know what they found in there? They didn't find bones. They found dirt. We are dust. We can try to preserve what we have here, but ultimately, we're dust. And God knows that. Why? Because He made us from it. We are temporary in this flesh. 
and he is merciful to us because of that. As for man, his days are like grass. We're coming back into that, verse 15. He flourishes like a flower in the field, for the wind passes over it, and it's gone. Its place knows no more, but the steadfast love of the Lord. Wait, we've heard that before here, right? God is steady. He is eternal. He is good. The steadfast love of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting on those who fear Him. In other words, there is no way that we can understand the vastness of God and the love He has for each of us individually and for the world as a whole. Even as we see dastardly things happening, we find that God is faithful in it. And one of the reasons I know that God is faithful is that you are here. God is good. His love is from everlasting to everlasting and His righteousness to children's children. When we see that multiplication in Hebrew, that's the original language here, it's, it's, a, it's not just doubling it up. We're not just talking about kids and grandkids here. He's talking about generation upon generation. It's, it's a, uh, I don't know the big math word. I was a musician. I didn't take math classes. Um, exponential. Is that the word you just said? Okay, thank you. Um, it's exponential to that. Things that make my head hurt when we start thinking about how big 2 to the 97th power is or 3 to the 487th power. I don't know. But God is beyond all of those things from everlasting to everlasting to His children's children. Isaiah 6 says that He is holy, holy, holy. Holy, holier, holiest. It's a multiplier. He is unlike anything we can lay our eyes on here on earth. The Lord establishes His throne in the heavens and His kingdom rules over all. Again, we have that election thing and we as Americans should participate in the system and vote our conscience to the way we think God would want us to vote. And I just said that, yes, the way we think God would want us to vote because we are first citizens of the kingdom of heaven if we trust Him as Savior. But His kingdom rules over all. I've had the opportunity in my life to go overseas a couple of times, not like some people are world jet setters and stuff like that, but I got to go to England one year and I got to go to Portugal. Some of you guys were around when I did that about four years ago now, three or four years ago. I've been to Mexico. And and here's the thing is that every, every place I've been throughout the world, there's a different governing authority on earth. And they have different rules. But the fellowship with the believers is the same. And we have missionaries around our world that we support through our giving. That is the kingdom we seek to grow, is God's everlasting kingdom. And that kingdom is a threat to the kingdoms of this world. Because ultimately, all of us are accountable to Him. How will we serve the Lord where we are? Bless the Lord, you His angels. He calls all of the created order to worship at the close of this because of his goodness. And what did he talk about in there in the middle of it? Of his forgiveness. As far as the east is from the west. Doesn't doesn't get much farther than that. If you go north, eventually you go south again. If you go east, you keep going east. If you go west, you keep going west. But as far as the east is from the west, God has removed your sin. That is a legal term, by the way. He has taken it from you, and you can't have it back. But 
verse 30, or 20, sorry. I'm making up verses now in Psalm 103. Bless the Lord, O you angels, you mighty ones who do His word, obeying the voice of His word. There's a lot of misunderstanding about what angels are. Angels are God's messengers, God's warriors. And they are the ones who are fully submitted to Him. But guess what they can't do? They can't worship Him the way we can. Because they don't understand forgiveness. They don't have free will. And the ones who decided to do their own thing, they didn't get to come back. They're in the pit of hell for all of eternity. Not a place you want to be. But we now, we can bless Him. Bless the Lord, all His hosts, it says. What does that mean? His armies. His, and then it says His ministers, those who do His will. Who is that? That is anyone who trusts His name. It doesn't mean that because my name's on the bulletin as pastor that I'm the minister. Yeah, I am included, but so are you. We are here to serve the Lord. We are here to minister to Him. That's one of the cool pictures we see out of uh, the story of Samuel is that Samuel ministered to the Lord. He served Him. Bless the Lord, all His works and all places of His dominion. Bless the Lord, O my soul. God is worthy of our worship, and it's because He is alone the one who created it all and has redeemed it all. And I got caught up in all of that as we were talking about blessing, and it works into thanksgiving, right? Count our many blessings, name them one by one. I dare you. We're going to be at it for a while. God is faithful. God is good. He's shown us His redeeming love from everlasting to everlasting, personified to us in His Son, Jesus, who pays the price for our sins. You may not think you are worth anything today. Jesus proves you wrong. He died for you. He died for me. He died for every person here. He took the sins of the world on His shoulders so we might experience true and real forgiveness and to bless the world the way He has through us now in the work of His Holy Spirit. God is good and God is faithful. Let us bless Him and let us walk in obedience to Him. Let us be a testimony of His goodness. You know, this world really wants Christians to scream and yell anger at them because it gives them an excuse to reject God. But we serve a risen Savior who died for the sinner next to us, who died for those who would breed sin in communities, and He wants that person to be saved as much as He wants you to be saved. And so how do you combat evil? With good. Love the Lord. Love your neighbor. Bless His holy. You can be disgusted by the sin of this world. Absolutely, we should be. But realize that God is disgusted with it first. And what did He do? He sent His Son. He wants us to lay down our lives in that same way. Bless Him. As I said, I don't do this often, switching off on things, but I thought it was appropriate to the day, to the setting, that we seek God. To bless him together. Pray. Our Father, you are good. <clears throat> I thank you for your faithfulness. 
I thank you for the reality of your presence. Lord, I pray now as we have the opportunity to bless you, that we would trust in you, that we would give over our concerns, give over our personal agendas to obedience to your word. I thank you for the goodness you've shown us in the, in the man Jesus Christ, your son, God in flesh, that he paid the price so that we could have fellowship with you, that we can worship you differently than any other creature because of the redemption we have in Jesus, forgiveness that we have of our sins. Help us to trust you today in Jesus' name. Stand together. We'll have our time of invitation here. Pray that God is at work in your heart.